Hey everybody, welcome to another special episode of This Week in Marvel. My name is Ben Morse. I am the Editorial Director of Digital Media here at Marvel. Sitting across from me... Uh, I am Blake Garris, and we have a very, very special guest today. Uh, introduce yourself, sir. Hi, guys. My name is Sterling K. Brown. I, I don't even know how we got you on this show. You're like superstar right now. Please, man. That's I. If you say so, I don't think you saying so makes it so. Oh, it does. But maybe one well, we're day. No, yeah. it's yeah. true. I mean, obviously, people versus O.J. Simpson is like the biggest thing in the world. And so <laughs> your performance was just amazing. Thank you. What's man. It, how's everything been so far? Things have been good, man. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I life hasn't like all of a sudden become a whole new entity. Like I got two kids at home. Mm-hmm. Four and a half and eight months. I still change diapers. Oh, man. I still get spat up on. I was like, don't you know I was just in the People versus O.J. Simpson? You're not supposed to spit up on Daddy anymore. No, it doesn't play out quite that way. But things have been good. Like, I'm, I'm, doors have been opening. You know, employment has been steady. <laughs> Knock on wood, the Brown family continues to eat. So it's, it's been good. How, how did you approach this project to begin with? Because it's a unique thing. It's, it's a story everybody knows. Right. You and I were joking a little beforehand about that it's a story you can't spoil. Sure. But with your preconceived notions and stuff going in, how, do, how does that inform your performance and your approach to the whole thing? Uh, that's, that's interesting because I definitely had preconceived notions, but mm. I, I would say that they shifted over mm. the course of, of doing this project oh, because wow. 20 years ago, I was firmly on the side of the defense. Mm. I loved Johnny Cochran. Mm. I rejoiced at the acquittal of O.J. Simpson. And now, 20 years later, having a chance to be a part of the prosecution, uh, reading Jeffrey Tubin's book, The People versus O.J. Simpson, The Run of His Life, and reading Christopher Darden's book, In Contempt, I got a chance to see things from a whole new perspective. And what I recognized 20 years ago was that it didn't occur to me that two people had their lives brutally taken away from them, right? right? And now, as a member of the prosecution, somebody who's, who's supposed to play this man, Christopher Darden, and, and, and stand up for him. Like, I feel like I have to be an advocate for this particular character because I think he got vilified mm-hmm. to a large extent 20 years ago. Um, especially, I was a freshman at Stanford University, and I remember, like, people so loved Johnny Cochran. He was so smooth, so cool, so excellent at what he did. And so... Uh, uh, Darden was like not that cool like he was like why are you trying to like tear down this hero of the black community OJ Simpson and so I didn't have like the kindest of words for him or thoughts so now I'm supposed to be him and you can't play somebody and judge them at the same time. So I had to release all of that. And it wasn't difficult to do because through reading these books and the overwhelming amount of evidence that they had against O.J. Simpson sort of led me to believe that if he did not do it by himself, that he was at least present for the demise of these two people and that they did not receive the justice that they should have received 20 years ago. And some of that can definitely be, be, be placed on at the hands of the, of, of the prosecution um, and there's blame to go around. But it, it was a whole new perspective for me um, stepping into his shoes 20 years later. You talked about the reading, doing the uh, reading his autobiography. Did you reach out to him at any point? I did. Uh, well, I wasn't supposed to. Oh, Let me really? Say that. Yeah. The, uh, is this is this cool? Is no, this, cool no, to no, talk this is totally cool. Totally cool. <laughs> All right, the cool. producers discouraged us from reaching out to our real life counterparts oh. because they didn't want. There was a definite story, a journey that we wanted to chart and share with our viewers, and they didn't want anybody else to sort of say, like, well, it didn't happen like that. Mm. What really happened was this. But, you know, it's not a documentary. It Mm -hmm. is a drama, and so it has to have shape 
and narrative. So they didn't want that narrative to be derailed. Now, me not knowing this, I just tried to Facebook friend Chris Darby, <laughs> uh, which was met with nothing. Yeah. And then I found his number online because I thought he was a professor. Uh, at a law university in downtown LA, but he had since left that and was in private practice, is in private practice in Culver City. So I was calling the number just to see if the landline was still active. Called it and recognized that it was his cell phone and not a landline at all. I'm making this phone call like at 10.30 at night. So I'm like, I'm not gonna leave this man a message right now. I hung up. I wake up in the morning, pretty early, around 5.30 or so, and I realize that he texted me back <laughs> at 10.50 p.m. at night saying, what's up, who's this? I'm like, oh God, what do I do? So I sent him a text message like, hey man, it's me, Sterling, again. Tried to Facebook friend you, you know, but <laughs> playing you in this TV show, would love to get together and break bread and you can share with me, and he didn't respond to it. Oh. Which is cool, like, yeah. I can understand how he wouldn't be eager to relive that particular period of his life again. And from what I understand, interviews that he's given, he still hasn't watched the show. Um, his book is in print again, but he hasn't watched the show. Um, and so if we do cross paths, it, it will be sometime in the future, but I'm not holding my breath. It was cool to see. I mean, this was one of the shows now where, you know, in an era of binge-watching stuff, this is something everybody was watching week to week. Yeah. That's got to be a pretty cool experience. It's a very cool too. experience. Well, first first time that I've ever been a part of something like that in that way. And me having just newly joined the Twitterverse. <laughs> is that, that's a word, right? Twitterverse? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I started live tweeting along with the shows as oh, cool. well. And it was just really amazing to, to see the response that people were having to it in the moment. You know, I can remember in particular, there's episode five that was directed by John Singleton and written by Joe Robert Cole, co-writer of the Black Panther, like that segue. There you go. Boom! There's a couple connections there's a, with you and the pan Black yeah, Panther. There's, there's, there's true. Yeah, that was, that was my first one, right? <laughs> um, and so, in this episode, uh, Darden gets up and he argues uh, against the usage of the N-word during the trial. He says that if we're allowed to use this word, the, the case will become about race rather than about Ron and Nicole. He presents this argument, and then Johnny Cochran gets up and says how offended he is that Mr. Darden would say this, and how he, you know, uh, saying that black people are overly emotional to hearing the word, and that, you know, they deal with these sorts of things all the time. And at the end of the scene, he looks down at Darden and he says, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, he says, Negro, please. But he doesn't say Negro. He says the other N word, right? And at that moment on Twitter, like, people were like, oh, my God, did you hear what he just did? Like, people went absolutely nuts. So it was, it was the first time that I ever really experienced people in the moment of watching a TV show flip out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Well, let's bring up the fact, I mean, you mentioned earlier, before we even get to that, you, you and Mike Coulter old buds this is true yeah yeah we oh. go way back man like, i i graduated from nyu in 2001 and he graduated from rutgers university uh in 2001 and we've been crossing paths with each other ever since very cool guy very talented can't wait to check him out in luke cage rip it up i'm looking forward to and it and also 
you and Chadwick are going to be in Thurgood yeah. Marshall. Chadwick and I are about to yeah. do. He's playing Thurgood Marshall, and I play the guy that he's representing, trying to uh, defend in a rape slash attempted murder case in Connecticut in 1941. So I get a chance to to play ball with the Black Panther, which I'm very very excited about. Have you gotten out to see uh, the new Captain America movie bruh, yet? Bruh, how dare you! <laughs> how dare you! How dare you! I went open. I went Thursday to buy my tickets so that Friday, me and my my son, he had a half day. We went to the theater and watched it, and we were so excited. See, I think all schools should have had a half yeah, they day. They should totally day. should have had a half day. Like earlier that day, earlier that week, I'd actually had a meeting with Nate Moore at the uh, at the Marvel Studio uh, in in California. So he was telling me what he could about the movie without spoiling it. So I was like, you know, what? I'm not gonna have anybody ruin this for me. I'm gonna go out get my ticket. We had an absolute blast. That movie is fantastic. Fantastic! I hope everybody enjoys it because it was it was incredible. And as and as an African American too, to see like three characters on screen with War Machine, with uh, with uh, the Falcon and with the Black Panther, just sort of being a part of this Marvel universe without it being like a cry for diversity. It just happens that these characters are black and they inhabit this world. Such a cool thing to witness and to have my son witness as well. You know, I don't think there's too many like black superheroes that I got a chance to watch. Watch growing up. Now the, car, the 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 comics were around, but in terms of seeing things mm-hmm. on the screen, that wasn't an experience that I had. So it was really something cool to share with me and my little boy. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Is uh, <laughs> so? Did you grow up reading comics? I grew up reading some. I mean, it's more TV and 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 cartoons and stuff. And I read some comics. And at the Black Panther, in particular, Reginald Hudlin started a series about 15 years ago that I, I totally consumed. Like, I went out and bought every single episode. And here's the funny thing. I was working on Army Wives, TV show down in South Carolina at the time. And I was showing my friend, I was like, dude, he was asking me, he was like, what's, who's your favorite superhero? I was like, it's Black Panther. He was like, who's the Black Panther? I was like, shame on you, white, <laughs> shame on you, white America. Get down with this. So I showed him, like, this comic book of the Black Panther. And he, he, goes, he goes, dude, you should buy the rights. And I was like, oh, man, they're never going to make anything about a black superhero. You know what I'm saying? He's like, no, that's what it is. You buy the rights, and then they have to come through you. I'm like, man, don't even worry about it. And then it comes out, and he's like, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? And I have to say, he was right. Drew Fuller, you were right. I should have bought the rights. That's amazing. Not that I could afford it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you read the uh, Reggie Hudlin one. I read are the there Reggie any, Are there any moments uh, or particular things that stick out from that that you remember? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, in particular, was the union between him and Aurora, yeah, obviously. And I know you guys can't really deal with that because uh, X-Men is a property of uh, Fox, right? Yeah. So I was talking to Nate about that. He's like, but he grew up on a different part of the series than that. He's like, you know, Aurora wasn't even a part of it, so it's not a problem for me. So I, I'm very much looking forward to see what the narrative is in this story. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I want to mention, too, congratulations again. For the, your your show got picked up. Thank NBC. you, man. Anything yes. you can uh, speak on that about? No, uh, no. Sorry, <laughs> it's no. got a great cast at least. We know Dude, that. it's it's a fantastic cast. Uh, it's written by Dan Fogelman, the writer of Crazy Stupid Love, uh-huh. or as I like to say, Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> but uh, he's so incredibly gifted 
as a writer. And it's a, it's a moving dramedy about people dealing with life. Uh, they're in their mid-30s. Some people share the same birthday, and they have a sort of interesting way in which their lives intersect with one another. Um, but it's about people making decisions, you know. Um, my character in particular uh, just found his biological father after being estranged from him for the majority of his life. So we get a chance to follow that storyline and see what happens there. Uh, Milo and Mandy are, are a couple who are about to have triplets, so they're entering into parenthood for the yeah, first time. Milo is personal friends of you. Of course. Yeah. Oh, really? Good friend of... Well, yeah, we met him twice. <laughs> <laughs> good, no, he was good like a voice on a Marvel close thing a while friend. back or something. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now he's, he's the man. He's yeah, no, very, Sorry, very nice guy. No, it's all good. Nice so guy. it's just people at, at certain crossroads in their lives trying to figure out how to navigate uh, you know, being a grown-up, that sort of thing. So it's it's very cool. After you watch the pilot, then I'll be able to talk to you about it more. You gotta come back, man. Come yeah. back. I look forward. To it sounds it. amazing. Cool. So where can people find you? You said you're just newly to the Twitterverse, but where can people find you online if they want to interact social oh, media? Now? Right. So I'm Sterling KB1 on Twitter mm -hmm. and on Instagram, even though I haven't like Instagram in a really long time. <laughs> and I just got a uh, Facebook. Page is it just Sterling K Brown? Sterling KB1 for the it's Facebook good. page too. Put a life at keep it consistent. Sterling KB1. Yeah, it's good. Keep yeah, it consistent. You can pretty much find me at Sterling KB1, and uh, and I live in LA. So if you want to come hang out, I'm there too. Cool. <laughs> well, did Charles ever accept your uh, Facebook request? Chris, 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 Chris. Chris yeah. No. No, never did. We we have not spoken a single word to one another. I met his daughter through oh. Twitter, um, so we. Tweet meet. Um, that's another thing. I don't know where I'm just trying to, to come up with thing. crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we tweet meet. And uh, she's been very cool and complimentary of the work, and she still lives in the Bay Area. So yes. if I find my way up to the Bay, we may actually get a chance to sit down and have some coffee. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Very yeah. cool. Congrats again on everything. Thank yeah, you, dude. Absolutely. It was Thank great you having you. Thanks so much. I appreciate Thanks so much it. for being on the show. This is Marvel, your universe.